Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Previously On in association with Sky Atlantic, a podcast series created to help you through some of the most complex yet brilliant television ever made. Game of Thrones Season 6 John is dead. The howling of his direwolf ghost alerts Davos who finds the body. With the help of some night's watchmen loyal to John, they move him inside. Melisandre visits and is troubled as she saw a vision of John fighting at Winterfell in the flames, which is now seemingly a highly unlikely prospect. Alyssa Thorne holds a meeting with the remaining brothers to explain why they killed John. He talks well and the majority of the room side with the mutineers. Back with John's body, Edison wants revenge on Alyssa, but Davos highlights that they're heavily outnumbered, even with a direwolf in their ranks. However, Davos also reminds the room that the wildlings owe John big time, so Edison sneaks out to rally them to the cause as the door is barred behind him. In Winterfell, Ramsay Bolton mourns the death of Miranda, but also feeds her body to his hounds, proving his heart is probably colder than the coming winter. Roos tells Ramsay that losing Sansa, who jumped off the wall with a reinvigorated Theon at the end of last season, is a massive problem as they need her as a figurehead to rally more support from the North. He hints that should Ramsay fail to recapture her, his unborn brother will become the new heir. Having survived their leap of faith from the Winterfell walls, Sansa and Theon run through the forest seeking safety. When they find themselves cornered by some Bolton soldiers, Brienne and Podrick arrive to the rescue. The troops are killed and Brienne again offers her loyalty to Sansa, who this time finally accepts. A ship arrives in King's Landing from dawn, bringing a joyful Cersei running to the dock. But her joy turns to heartbreak as she sees Jamie's sombre face and is told that her daughter Marcella is dead. In sunny dawn, the same news reaches Duran Martell. He barely has time to register shock before he and Aereo Hotter are murdered by Ilaria and Tyen Sand as the palace guards look on without intervening. A morning Tristane, Marcella's fiance, is on the ship in dock when Abara and Nymeria board and state their intention to kill him. As he defends himself from Nymeria, he is stabbed through the back of the head and killed. In Marine, Tyrion and Varys see all of Daenerys' ships burning in the harbour and realise any plans to cross the sea to Westeros have just gone up in smoke. Over in the Dothraki Sea, Dario and Jorah continue the hunt for Daenerys, still missing after her escape on Drogon's back. 
In the middle of thousands of hoof prints, they stumble upon the ring she intentionally dropped and realise she's been snatched by the Dothraki. Daenerys is presented to Carl Morrow as a gift. He wants to rape her, but she tells him she's the widow of Carl Drogo, and he backs off, because betting a Carl's a widow is strictly forbidden in Dothraki tradition. Releasing her bindings, he says she will come to no harm, although when she requests safe passage back to Marine, she's refused and told she must stay in the temple of Vase Dothrak with the other widows for the rest of her days. A blind Arya, punishment for killing Merin Trant at the end of last season, is on the streets of Bravos when the waif approaches her with two fighting sticks. Arya is told to fight. She protests but is forced into action, fails miserably and gets beaten. As she leaves, the waif says she will see her again tomorrow. At Castle Black, mutineers gather outside the room. Alyssa promises amnesty to the loyal brothers and safe passage for Davos if they surrender. They're all given until sundown. In her room, Melisandre removes her dress and stands naked in front of a mirror. Her body transforms to that of an ancient and frail old woman. We begin beyond the wall. Bran continues to train with the Three-Eyed Raven and in a vision finds himself back at Winterfell watching young Ned Stark and Ned's brother, the now-missing Benjen, training. He also sees Hodor as a child, learning his real name is actually Willis and that, once, he could talk normally. He's pulled out of the vision by the Three-Eyed Raven who warns him that to stay too long is really dangerous. Outside, Mira stands watch, frustrated at the lack of action. Leif, the child of the forest, tells her that Bran will need her when they leave. At Castle Black, the sun is down and the mutineers that murdered Jon are back at the door. Alyssa delivers an ultimatum to Davos and the loyal Night's Watch locked inside, surrender or die. He then orders the door to be broken down with a sledgehammer, but they're halted when a giant breaks through the gates of Castle Black and a wildling army led by Tormund and Edison storm in. The mutineers surrender before being thrown into the cells. In King's Landing, a drunk boasts and jokes about Cersei's walk of shame to a gathered crowd. When he steps away for a moment, the mountain, or what's left of him, confronts the guy and slams his head against a wall, killing him instantly. Cersei is blocked by the King's Guard and forbidden from attending Marcella's funeral by order of the King, her son Tommen. Jaime meets the High Sparrow and threatens to kill him, but is surrounded by faith militant soldiers. The High Sparrow tells him they have the power to overthrow an empire and just walks out. He's the most unfazable man in Westeros, right? Over the sea in Marine, Tyrion learns that the dragons, Rhaegal and Viserion, have not eaten since Daenerys left. With the dragons being a pretty crucial factor in Daenerys' force, Tyrion makes a bold move. He descends to the dungeons, hoping to free them from their chains. Approaching slowly, he gets close enough to unfasten the locks unharmed. The freed dragons move deeper into the dungeons, and Tyrion tells Varys to punch him in the face should he ever have a stupid idea like that again. On the streets of Bravos, the waif continues to beat Arya in their duels. After another brutal beating, Jacken appears and offers her food and shelter if she tells him her name. Arya refuses and Jacken says to follow him as she's not a beggar anymore. In Winterfell, Roose Bolton is told that the hunters searching for Sansa have been found dead. Ramsay says that she will have gone to Castle Black to John and suggests storming the castle. Roos dismisses the idea. News arrives that Roos's wife, Walder, has given birth to a healthy baby boy. A very shaken Ramsay stabs Roos, killing him before taking his place as Lord of Winterfell. 
His first act is to send for Walder. He leads her and the newborn baby to the kennels, where he locks them in and lets his hounds, you know, maul them to death. Elsewhere, Brienne tells Sansa that Arya is still alive, and Theon decides he cannot go with them to Castle Black after his betrayal, and will instead return home to the Iron Islands. In the Iron Islands, Balon Greyjoy, Theon's father, steps outside after hearing from Yara that all the Ironborn strongholds in the north have been overthrown. He encounters his younger brother, Euron, on a rope bridge. Awesome new character alert. Euron tells him that it's someone else's turn to rule now. Balon attempts to stab his brother, but Euron throws him from the bridge to his death. Back at the wall, Davos asks Melisandre to try and resurrect Jon. However, having doubts about her faith following Stannis' defeat, she refuses. Davos persists, and Melisandre remembers Thoros of Myr bringing Beric Dondarrion back from the dead. So, she attempts to return Jon to the land of the living with a ritual, but it appears to fail. She walks out of the room pretty defeated. As the door closes, John's eyes open wide and he gasps for breath. Come on, you didn't think he was really dead, did you? It's his Game of Thrones. Jon Snow is alive, upright and gasping for air. He tells Davos and Melisandre he can remember his death, but nothing since. A very shocked Melisandre says the Lord of Light has brought him back for a reason and that he, not Stannis, might be the heroic prince mentioned in the prophecies. John walks out into the courtyard to the amazement of those gathered. He hugs Tormund, who tells him the wildlings think he's some kind of god, and Edison, who he asks to hold off burning his body for now. Sam, Gilly and Little Sam, the baby, not a euphemism, are travelling by boat to Old Town. Sam explains to Gilly that women aren't really welcome at the Citadel, so he's going to leave her with his family at Horn Hill. Beyond the wall, Bran and the Three-Eyed Raven share a vision of the past. Ned and Howland Reed, Mira's father, are at the Tower of Joy in Dawn towards the end of Robert's Rebellion, a year-long war that ended the Targaryen dynasty. Sir Arthur Dane and Sir Gerald Hightower, the last two surviving Targaryen Kingsguard, block the entrance. Bran remarks that he knows Ned wins the upcoming fight because he told him about it on many occasions. They watch as Ned tells Dane that Prince Rhaegar and the Mad King are dead and asks where his sister Lyanna is. Lyanna, whose betrothed to Robert Baratheon, had run away with her true love, Rhaegar Targaryen. A fight breaks out. Ned kills Gerald, but Dane kills most of Ned's men and then gets the better of Ned himself. He's about to slay him when a wounded Howland stabs Dane in the neck before Ned kills him. A woman screams from the tower and Ned runs towards it. The three-eyed raven says they must leave, but Bran calls out to his father, who momentarily turns, seemingly hearing him, before continuing into the tower. Bran is then pulled from the vision. Daenerys arrives at Vae's Dothrak with Karl Murrow's Kalasar and is shown to the temple. She's stripped and dressed in the robes of the Dosh Kaleen, the widows of dead Karls. Daenerys remarks that the high priestess of the temple is going to regret these actions. In the Great Pyramid of Marine, a prostitute named Vala, an ally of the Sons of the Harpy, is brought before Varys accused of murdering members of the Unsullied and the Second Sons. Varys offers her two choices, safe passage to Pentos in exchange for information or execution. Later, Varys meets Tyrion and explains that the slave masters of Yunkai, Volantis and Astapor are funding the Sons of the Harpy. Tyrion requests that Varys use his little birds, his spy network, to send a message to the masters. In King's Landing, Cersei asks Kyburn to use his little birds, child spies that he inherited from Varys, 
to gather information about those plotting her downfall. Tommen takes his Kingsguard to the High Sparrow and requests his mother is allowed to visit the resting place of her daughter Marcella. The High Sparrow tells him she will be granted permission once she has faced trial and atoned for her sins. Before Tommen leaves, he's urged to turn to the Seven, the new gods, for wisdom. Over in the House of Black and White, Blind Arya trains with the Waif. The Waif asks her about her death list, and Arya reveals it contains Cersei, the Mountain, and Walder Frey. She then surprises the Waif by retaliating. Jacken offers her sight in exchange for her saying her name, but again Arya refuses, telling him a girl has no name. Jacken offers her a drink from the poisoned water on the basis that if she is really no one, she has nothing to fear. Arya drinks and her vision returns. Winterfell welcomes the Umbers through their gates, in town to form an alliance against Jon and the Wildlings at Castle Black. Ramsay requests that their leader, Small John, kneels before him, but the request is rejected. Instead, Small John presents a gift as a sign of his loyalty. Two hooded figures are brought forward and revealed to be Rickon Stark and Osher the Wildling. As proof, also presents the severed head of Rickon's direwolf Shaggy Dog. A delighted Ramsay welcomes Rickon back home. Back in Winterfell, John oversees the hangings of those behind the mutiny, including Ollie and an unrepentant Alyssa. Hooray. With the mutineers dead, John removes his cloak and hands it to Edison, telling him the castle is now his and that his own watch is over. After resigning from the Night's Watch, John intends to head south, but his departure is interrupted by the arrival of Sansa, Brienne and Podrick at Castle Black. After their emotional reunion, for us as well, Sansa asks John if he'll help her reclaim Winterfell. John's tired of fighting, but Sansa insists she'll take it back regardless. Littlefinger arrives at the Vale and manipulates his stepson Robin into threatening one of his bannermen, Yon Royce, with execution unless he swears to be loyal to Littlefinger. He then gets Robin to send the soldiers to Castle Black to protect Sansa. In Marine, Tyrion meets with the masters of Astapor, Yunkai and Volantis. If they stop aiding the Sons of the Harpy, Tyrion will give the masters seven years to phase out slavery and they'll receive appropriate financial compensation. Later, he's confronted by a group of former slaves who object to the negotiation and Grey Worm warns Tyrion that the masters will outmanoeuvre him. Jorah and Dario Naharis enter Vase Dothrak in search of Daenerys. They find her at the Temple of the Dosh Kaleen where she's made friends with another young widow. Although Jorah and Dario want to sneak her out of the city, Daenerys says she's got other plans. In King's Landing, Cersei tells Tommen that the High Sparrow is dangerous because he has no respect for royal authority, but Tommen's wary of antagonising the High Sparrow while he still holds his wife Marjorie captive. Cersei tells Elena Martell and Kevin Lannister that Marjorie's Walk of Atonement will be soon. Olena pledges the Tyrell armies to help defeat the Sparrows, and Kevin agrees to stand down his army so he can get his son Lancel back. Theon returns to Pike and reunites with his sister Yara, who is still angry at her brother for refusing her rescue earlier. Yara believes Theon's return to claim the throne after their father's death, but Theon insists he will instead support his sister's claim. At Winterfell, Ramsay asks Osha why she was helping Rickon. Osha claims she planned to ransom Rickon and tries to seduce Ramsay so she can catch him by surprise. Ramsay susses it out and knows it's a trick and kills Osha before she can stab him. Ramsay sends word to John that he's holding Rickon hostage, demanding Sansa return to Winterfell. 
John and Sansa agree to save Rickon and take back Winterfell, hoping the northern houses will send aid and unite around John as the son of Ned Stark. In Vae's Dothrak, Daenerys is brought before the Carls to decide her fate. Daenerys declares that she is the only person fit to lead the Dothraki, and when the Carls threaten to gang-rape her, she sets the tent on fire. The tent is engulfed by flames, and the Doshkaleen bar the doors, trapping the Carls inside. As the Carls burn a slow, agonising death, a crowd of Dothraki kneel to Daenerys, as she once again emerges unharmed from the flames. We begin with Sansa and Brienne meeting Littlefinger in a town near Castle Black. Littlefinger insists he had no idea what Ramsay was capable of when he arranged his marriage to Sansa. To make amends, he offers Sansa the Knights of the Vale in her fight to take back Winterfell, but she rejects him. Before they leave, Littlefinger reveals that Sansa's uncle, Brynden Tully, aka the Blackfish, has taken over River Run. In Bravos, Jack and Hagar gives Arya a new target, Lady Crane, an actress who's portraying Cersei Lannister in a play about the Seven Kingdoms. Arya watches the play, but she's upset by its depiction of Ned Stark as an idiot and traitor. After watching her target backstage, Arya decides to poison her rum, which pleases Jacken. In a vision, Bran and the Three-Eyed Raven see the children of the forest create the Night King by stabbing a man through the heart with dragonglass. Bran angrily confronts Leaf, who says they had no choice, they were at war with the First Men and needed to defend themselves. At the King's Moot in Pike, Yara Greyjoy declares her right to rule the Iron Islands with Theon by her side. At first she wins over the crowd, but her uncle Euron Greyjoy arrives and stakes his own claim. Euron admits to murdering Balon Greyjoy, his brother and Yaron Theon's father, but the Ironborn don't care. Euron says he'll marry Daenerys Targaryen and conquer Westeros with her. The Ironborn choose Euron over Yara as their leader, forcing the brother and sister to flee with some of the Iron Fleet's best ships. In Vae's Dothrak, Jorah tells Daenerys he has Greyscale and confesses his love for her. Daenerys tearfully orders Jorah to find a cure for the disease and then return to her side, as he is too important to her to die. A fragile peace has taken hold in Marine since Tyrion's pact with the Masters. Tyrion summons Kinvara, a red priestess, and asks her to spread the word that Daenerys has ended the violence. Kinvara agrees because she believes Daenerys is the prince, or princess, that was promised, aka the Lord of Light's chosen one. That's who Melisandre thought Stannis was. Look how well that turned out. When Varys is openly hostile to her, Kinvara reveals that she knows why Varys was castrated. Beyond the wall, Bran decides to use the Weirwood Tree without the Three-Eyed Raven. Bran then has a vision of the White Walker army, and as he passes the Night King, he grabs Bran's arm. Bran wakes up with the Night King's handprint on his arm. The Three-Eyed Raven tells Bran the Night King now knows where he is, and he'll be able to break the magic spell protecting them and enter the cave. It's now time for Bran to become the Three-Eyed Raven. At Castle Black, John, Davos and Sansa discuss potential allies in the fight for Winterfell. Davos tells John he needs to give the Northern Lords a reason to join them beyond loyalty to the Starks. Sansa suggests that with Brynden Tully's forces, they could attract the rest of the North and create a formidable army. Sansa sends Brienne to Riverrun to make contact with the Blackfish while she joins John and their advisers on the road. Edison is left in charge of Castle Black. Good luck, Ed. As the Three-Eyed Raven transfers his knowledge to Bran, the White Walkers attack the cave. 
Bran has a vision of Winterfell and sees a young Hodor, who was then known as Willis and could speak normally. Mira and Hodor try desperately to get Bran out as the children of the forest defend them from the White Walkers. Bran stays in the vision, but also wargs into Hodor, who takes Bran's body outside the cave. The Night King kills the Three-Eyed Raven, and as they escape through the tunnels, Summer and Leaf sacrifice themselves to hold off the Whites. They reach the exit, and Mira tells Hodor to hold the door while they escape. Bran hears Mira's words in the vision and loses control as he wargs into Willis, the young Hodor. Willis has a seizure and starts repeatedly shouting, Hold the door! which eventually slurs into Hodor. Thanks to Bran, Willis witnessed his own death and his brain was irreversibly damaged, turning him into Hodor. And in the present, Hodor is torn apart by Whites as he blocks the exit, allowing the others just enough time to escape. Good night, sweet prince. We begin north of the Wall after Hodor's death and the escape from the Night King. Mira pulls a trance state brand through the snow. Utterly exhausted, she stumbles and the chasing Whites are on them. Just as all looks lost, a hooded horseman appears and kills some of the Whites. He pulls Bran and Mira onto his horse and they escape. Sam, Gilly and the baby arrive at Horn Hill. Sam tells Gilly she should hide the fact she's a wildling because his father, Randall Tarley, has a deep hatred of them. Tommen visits his wife Marjorie in King's Landing and discovers she's found religion, becoming a devout follower of the Seven and repenting her sins. At dinner with the Tarleys, Sam is insulted repeatedly by his father. Gilly steps in to defend him, telling them Sam has killed a White Walker, but accidentally reveals her own true origins. Randall tells his son that Gilly and little Sam can stay, but that he must leave and never return home. Sam begins to follow his orders, but then doubles back for Gilly and the baby, having decided to take them with him to the Citadel. He also grabs the family Valyrian steel sword for good measure on his way out. Probably a wise move. In Bravos, Arya returns to watch the play. After the performance, she sneaks backstage and poisons Lady Crane's drink, but before she can leave, Lady Crane stops her. They talk and Arya realises she's got a lot in common with her target. She knocks the poison drink from Lady Crane's hand and tells her that a rival, Bianca, wants her dead. Arya is unaware that she was being watched by the waif, who requests permission to kill Arya. Jacken agrees but says not to let her suffer. Arya, meanwhile, retrieves Needle from where she hid it behind the rock ages ago and waits in the dark for what she knows is coming. Back in King's Landing, Marjorie is preparing for her Walk of Atonement when Jamie and Mace Tyrell arrive with a small army of Tyrell soldiers. Jamie demands the High Sparrow release Marjorie and Loras. The High Sparrow declares Marjorie will not have to perform the walk as she has already brought another into the fold. King Tommen steps forward in a show of unity between the Crown and the Faith. In the throne room, Tommen punishes Jamie for his attack on the Faith by stripping him of his Kingsguard position and sending him to take River Run from the Blackfish. At the Twins, Walder Frey is furious at the news that River Run has been lost. He brings Edmure Tully, remember him, he's been a prisoner since the Red Wedding, to the Hall with plans to use him as a bargaining chip in the retaking of River Run and tells him to cheer up as he's going home. The hooded saviour of Bran and Mira reveals himself as Bran's uncle Benjin, long missing beyond the wall. He tells them he was stabbed by a white walker and left to die, but was rescued by the children of the forest who saved him from becoming a white. He 
tells Bran he must gain control of his warging ability so he's ready when the Night King comes south. In the Dothraki Sea, Daenerys leads her new Kalasar of 100,000. Dorian Harris estimates it'll take a week to get back to Marine, and she'll need around a thousand ships to take her armies across the sea. Hearing this, Daenerys halts the march and rides ahead alone. Later, Dario finds Daenerys riding on Drogon's back. She asks her army if they'll cross the sea to defeat the armies of the Seven Kingdoms with her, and is met with a huge roar of absolute approval. In a small village in the Riverlands, the Hound is alive. Having been left by Arya to die after his battle with Brienne ages ago, he now seems settled firmly into a new, calmer life. He was saved by a septon named Brother Ray, who was the village leader, after a cough from the Hound saved him from premature burial. In King's Landing, the High Sparrow tells Marjorie she should provide King Tommen with an heir and attempt to bring Lady Elena into the faith, hinting that she may meet some harm otherwise. So Marjorie, watched by Septa Unella, the devoted follower of the High Sparrow who followed Cersei with the shame bell, tries to persuade Elena to return to Highgarden. Her grandmother refuses, but Marjorie secretly slips her a scrap of paper bearing the House Tyrell sigil, indicating Marjorie is still loyal, prompting Elena to agree to leave. Cersei tries to get her to stay for the sake of her grandchildren. However, Elena blames Cersei for the sparrow's grip on the city and tells her the only joy she will take from the current misery is that Cersei has lost. Jaime, Bronn and the Lannister army arrive at Riveron to try and overturn the Blackfish. At the gates, Lothar, Frey and Walder Rivers threaten to hang Edmure Tully unless the Blackfish gives up the castle. The Blackfish remains unmoved by the threats, then dares them to cut his throat. Jamie walks over and takes control of the siege. In the north, John, Sansa and Davos seek allies for their assault on Winterfell. Helped by the words of Tormund and John's actions at Hardhome, they secure the allegiance of the wildlings. They arrive at Bear Island to ask ten-year-old Lyanna Mormont, an amazing force of nature, Jorah's cousin and the head of House Mormont, for her allegiance. Initially, she brushes them off, but Davos, a man with a growing ability and successful persuasion, explains the fight is against the White Walkers, not a handful of squabbling houses. Lyanna agrees that House Mormont will then fight with House Stark. Back at Riverrun, Jaime attempts to talk to the Blackfish. He orders him to surrender in the name of King Tommen and offers to spare the life of his men if the castle is given up. Blackfish refuses and declares they can either attack or starve them out. Up north, John has less luck when trying to bring House Glover into the war, Lord Glover refusing to fight alongside wildlings and asking where Rob was when his castle and family were attacked. Theon and Yara Greyjoy are holed up in Volantis, where Yara tells Theon she plans to forge an alliance with Daenerys. John, Sansa and Davos discuss the forthcoming attack on Winterfell. Despite having fewer numbers than Ramsay, John insists they must attack now. Later, Sansa writes a mysterious letter sent somewhere by Raven. Village life continues for the Hound, but it's interrupted when three riders from the Brotherhood Without Banners arrive. They attempt to extort the villagers, but Ray tells them they have nothing and the riders depart. The Hound warns Ray that they will return. In Bravos, Arya secures passage to Westeros on a ship leaving at dawn. As she stands on a bridge, she's attacked and stabbed multiple times by the waif who pushes her into the water below. Arya crawls out and stumbles wounded through the town. 
The hound returns to the village from cutting wood to find everyone slaughtered and Ray hanging. He pulls his axe from a stump and leaves. In Bravos, Arya is in a bad way. Wounded and bleeding from the attack by the waif, she waits backstage in Lady Crane's dressing room, the lady she was supposed to poison. Lady Crane stitches her wound, telling her she mutilated Bianca's face. That's the actress who ordered the poisoning. Arya says she plans to travel west to see the edge of the world. In the Riverlands, an axe-wielding hound strides towards the group from the Brotherhood Without Banners who took part in the village massacre, killing them all and getting his taste for blood back. Over the sea in Marine, Varys prepares to leave on a secret mission to find allies and ships for Daenerys' cause. Lancel Lannister heads a group of faith militants sent to bring Cersei from the Red Keep to the High Sparrow, who is now calling himself the High Septon. She refuses and is told the alternative is violence. Cersei rather predictably chooses violence, and the mountain tears a militant man's head off with his bare hands, at which point the rest of the group wisely leg it. At the siege of Riverrun, Brienne spots Jaime and the pair are reunited. As they talk, Bronn catches up with Podrick outside and begins to teach him a few dirtier tricks of combat. Brienne tells Jamie she's come to recruit the Blackfish and the Tully army to retake Winterfell for Sansa. She offers to negotiate to try and get him to give up Riverrun. Jamie says she's gone until nightfall. Before she leaves, Brienne tells him should she fail to convince the Blackfish, she's on a bound to fight for Sansa's kin, the Tullys. Inside River Run, the proposal is rejected. He reads the letter from Sansa, but tells Brienne he doesn't have enough men to help and that River Run is his home, so if Jamie wants it, he'll have to take it from him. Brienne asks Podrick to send a raven to Sansa with news of her failure. In King's Landing, Cersei is told there's a royal announcement taking place in the throne room, but is barred from standing alongside her son, King Tommen, and sent to watch from the sidelines. Tommen announces a date for Cersei and Loras' trial and says that trial by combat is to be outlawed, scuppering Cersei's guaranteed victory with the mountain. The mysterious Kyburn whispers to Cersei that the rumour his little birds have investigated for her is much more than just a rumour. Hmm. The atmosphere in Marine is jovial as Tyrion enjoys a drink and a few jokes with Missandei and Grey Worm. However, their laughter is cut short when a fleet of ships sent by the Masters begins attacking the city. In the siege tents outside Riverrun, Jaime visits his prisoner, Ed Muir Tully, and presents him with an ultimatum. Help Jaime, or his newborn son will be catapulted over the walls. Ed Muir wisely approaches the gates of the castle and announces himself as the natural lord of Riverrun. The guards open the gates despite the Blackfish warning otherwise. Once inside, Ed Muir commands his men to surrender the castle to Jamie and that the Blackfish be found and put in chains ready for the frays. The Blackfish helps Brienne and Podrick escape by boat, but decides to stay and fight to his death. Marine is under attack. Tyrion, Missandei and Grey Worm argue about how they should defend the city when Daenerys walks in, Drogo having landed on top of the Great Pyramid. In the Riverlands, the Hound catches up with Thoros and Dondarrion. They've captured the brothers involved in the massacre and have them strung up for hanging. The Hound is allowed to hang two of the men himself and is later asked to join the Brotherhood who plan to head north and fight the White Walkers. In Bravos, as Arya sleeps, Lady Crane is killed by a young man who appears behind her. Arya investigates and walks into the waif standing over the body. 
She tells Arya she's there to kill her, and Arya runs. The wife chases her through the streets of Bravos until, until she corners her in a little room. Arya draws Needle from its hiding place and extinguishes the single candle before killing the waif in what must now be familiar darkness. She places the waif's severed head into the Hall of Faces to be found by Jacken. He tells her that finally a girl is no one. She replies that actually she's Arya Stark of Winterfell and she is going home, mate. We begin in Marine, a city under attack from the Master's fleet. Daenerys, Tyrion and Missandei meet the Masters on the beach. Tyrion says they are to talk terms of surrender, to which the Masters tell Daenerys she can walk away if they get to keep the unsullied army, Missandei and kill the dragons. Daenerys points out no, they've misunderstood actually, and it's their surrender they're there to discuss. She climbs onto Drogon's back and takes to the air alongside Viserion and Rhaegal, obliterating the Masters' forces and fleet. Outside Winterfell, Jon meets with Ramsay. Ramsay offers him a pardon for deserting the Night's Watch if he kneels and hands Sansa over. Jon rejects this and counters with an offer of one-on-one -on -one combat. Ramsay declares he doesn't know if he could beat Jon, but he does know his army can. Back at camp, Jon, Tormund and Davos draw a battle plan. Sansa tries to drum home to Jon just how devious and cruel Ramsay is, telling him that they'll never get Rickon back and should have waited until they have more men. Jon promises to protect her. She replies wisely that no one can protect anyone. Jon meets with Melisandre and orders her not to bring him back if he dies. She says she can't promise that. Davos is on a walk and stumbles upon some ashes. He finds the stag he carved for Princess Shireen. It's charred from fire. He finally realises how she died. Theon and Yara Greyjoy arrive in Marine. Meeting with Daenerys and Tyrion, they offer a hundred ships of the Iron Fleet in return for Daenerys supporting Yara's claim for the Salt Throne, which is the throne of the Iron Islands. Daenerys agrees on the condition that the Ironborn cease raiding and raping. In Winterfell, the Day of Reckoning has arrived and the armies of Jon Snow and Ramsay Bolton gather for battle. Ramsay brings Rickon forward and tells him to run to Jon, but then draws his bow and begins shooting arrows. Jon jumps on his horse and gallops to meet him, but Ramsay finds his mark and Rickon is killed. In blind rage, Jon charges the enemy army alone, forcing Davos to call the attack. Ramsay's archers bring down Jon's horse and he sees Ramsay's cavalry bearing down. Just as Jon looks doomed, the two armies collide head-on around him. A furious, bloody battle ensues. Hundreds of dead from both sides litter the battlefield. Jon stands in the middle of the fray as Ramsay directs his forces from further back, ordering his archers to fire into the crowd regardless of who they hit. A wall of corpses slowly rises from the mud and Ramsay's soldiers march forward to form a horseshoe barrier around the three sides of Jon's army, trapping them against the wall of the dead. They lower spears and slowly close in, killing as they go. John is knocked to the ground and trampled by his own men, slowly suffocating under the scrambling bodies. Clawing his way up, he grabs a lungful of air, but it seems the battle is lost. <gasps> a blowing horn signals hope as Knights of the Vale ride over the hill to the rescue, watched by Sansa and Littlefinger. They quickly decimate what remains of the Bolton army, and Ramsay retreats to Winterfell. John and his men follow, capturing Ramsay, who is savagely beaten by John, 
and the Stark sigil flies once again over Winterfell. Hooray! That night Sansa visits a bound and blooded Ramsay in the kennels. He tells her his hounds will not turn on him, but Sansa reminds him he's been deliberately starving them. She smiles and walks away as Ramsay is eaten alive by his own pets. <coughs> we begin with Loras Tyrell's trial by the Faith Militant in the Great Sept of Baylor. Loras confesses to sleeping with men, including Renly Baratheon. He gives up his family name and titles and is allowed to join the Faith. Tommen tries to leave his chamber to attend the trial, but is stopped by the mountain. Elsewhere in the castle, Kyburn lures Grand Maester Pycelle to his lab and has a group of children stab him to death. Cersei's trial is due after Loras's, but she remains in her chamber. The High Sparrow orders Lancel to bring Cersei to the set. As he leaves, Lancel notices a young boy creeping around, so follows him to a dungeon. The boy stabs Lancel, leaving him unable to walk. Marjorie realises all of Cersei's enemies are assembled in one room and tries to tell the High Sparrow that something is very wrong. Lancel drags himself towards a light at the end of the chamber and finds an enormous wildfire cachet rigged to explode at any second. Cersei's plan becomes immediately apparent. Marjorie tries to leave the set with her brother, but the Faith Militant block the doors. Before Lancel can extinguish the flame, the wildfire explodes, engulfing the sept in flames and incinerating everyone inside. Cersei smiles as she watches the building collapse. Later, she wreaks revenge on Septarunella, the woman who tormented her during her imprisonment by the Faith. Cersei tells her that she intends to torture her for a very, very long time, before letting the mountain into her cell to have his way. Unbeknownst to Cersei, Tommen is so horrified by the explosion of the Sept and the death of his wife that he throws himself from the window of his chambers. King's Landing is once more monarchless. In a quieter corner of Westeros, Sam and Gilly arrive at the Citadel and Sam is granted permission to use the library while he waits to meet the Archmaester. At Winterfell, Davos confronts Melisandre with Shireen's wooden stag, which he found in the ashes of her pyre. Melisandre admits to the sacrifice, conceding it was wrong as Stannis was defeated anyway. Davos asks Jon to execute Melisandre, but she points out how useful she'll be in the war to come and instead is exiled south. Later, Sansa apologises to Jon for not telling him about the Knights of the Vale and they resolve to trust each other from now on. She also tells him a white raven has arrived from the Citadel, signalling winter is finally here. In Dawn, Elena Tyrell meets with Ilaria and the Sand Snakes. She's looking for revenge against Cersei for murdering her family. At the meeting, Varys suggests Elena allies with Daenerys Targaryen. Daenerys tells Dario she needs him to stay in Marine while she invades Westeros, as she may need to make an alliance through marriage. Dario protests, but ultimately agrees. Tyrion admits to Daenerys he's overcome his cynicism and now truly believes in her cause. To his delight, Daenerys names Tyrion the Hand of the Queen. At the twins, a handmaiden serves Walder Frey some pie as he waits for his sons to arrive at dinner. The servant tells him he's actually eating his own sons before peeling her face back and revealing herself to be Arya. Walder tries to run, but Arya slits his throat, finally avenging her mother and brother for the Red Wedding. 
Back in Winterfell, Sansa is visited by Littlefinger, who says he wants to sit on the Iron Throne with her at his side. Sansa leaves without accepting or rejecting his offer. Benjin says goodbye to Bran and Mira, as the wall's magic doesn't allow the dead to pass through it. After Benjin leaves, Bran touches a weirwood tree and sees a vision of his father as a young man. Pay attention now, people. Ned is back outside the Tower of Joy and hears his sister Lyanna screaming inside. He finds her dying in bed after giving birth to a baby boy. Lyanna whispers something to Ned that Bran can't hear. What she tells him is that Robert Baratheon will kill the baby if he finds out he exists and makes Ned promise to protect her son. It's revealed that Lyanna's baby is none other than Jon Snow. The adult Jon Snow, who we now know is Targaryen with a strong claim to the Iron Throne even if he doesn't, meets with the Northern Lords and the Wildlings and urges them to stand united against the White Walkers. Lyanna Mormont shames the Northern Lords for failing to come to Jon's aid and pledges her allegiance. The other Lords follow suit and Jon is declared King in the North. Sansa looks at Littlefinger, who is watching from the shadows nearby. Jamie and Bronn approach King's Landing and see smoke coming from the Sept, arriving just in time to see Cersei crowned Queen of Westeros, with Kyburn as her hand. The episode, and indeed the season, ends with the moment we've all been waiting for. Daenerys' armada, now made up of Dothraki, Unsullied, the Greyjoys, the Dornish and the Tyrells, finally leave for Westeros. On the deck of her ship, Daenerys smiles as she sets out to reclaim the Iron Throne. Thanks for listening. Hope it's been helpful. You can watch every single episode of Game of Thrones seasons 1 to 7 with Sky's ultimate on-demand TV pack. And the final season is coming to Sky Atlantic on the 15th of April. For more details, head over to sky.com. Listen, if you've enjoyed this, I would love it if you subscribed. We've got loads more shows where this came from, and we'd love you to join us for them. If you know someone who needs to get up to speed with Thrones in time for that launch on April the 15th on Sky Atlantic, just send them our way. A five-star review wherever you get your podcasts from would also be absolutely fantastic. If you've got any feedback, have I pronounced the name wrong? I hope I haven't. Or ideas for a show that we should be covering. We'll almost certainly be doing the big ones, but you never know. There may be others that we've missed. Let us know. I'd love to hear from you over on Twitter. You can find us at previous podcast or just email us hello at previouslyon.co.uk previously on is presented by jamie east and is a daft doris production Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.